Yes. Welcome to episode podcast six. Yes. Of the Free Pizza Podcast. I am the... like a drowned rat. It is raining <laughs> so bad right now. The Justin Reich. Reich, yes. The name. Yes, Jacob kind Whatever of. Whatever the hell that is. Jacob kind of gave me a little coaching on that before I got here. Yeah, no, it's usually I get reach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not reaching for anything, man. Maybe Justin, like, maybe a beer, <laughs> but or Reach. coffee. Justin Reach, Rage Man, is that your name? <laughs> but yes, yep, he absolutely. is a photographer and videographer. Yeah, out in I joke. Yeah, out of Winston Salem. I kind of jokingly call myself a whateverographer because they're just sort of like, well, you, I do, I produce, I direct, I edit, I do photography, I do. Oh, a whole bunch of different stuff just because it's um what I've learned is when one thing is slow, like if I'm not getting a lot of photography work or um the video work, something else sort of supplements that. Yeah. So Sometimes never... even like web design or whatever, you know, it'll just kinda come and present itself. So keeping yes. options open has been a big help. <laughs> so you for do me. a lot of so. things. Yeah, yeah. You designed Jacob's band designer. Designer's album cover. Years and years. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, I do yes. remember that. Yes, calling it out, bringing it back. I, I totally remember that. Yeah, that was that was back in the day when I did album layouts and CD covers and things like that because that was um, that was what I first started, you know, doing yeah. when uh, sort of – I do a lot of work in the music industry, and that was what sort of got my first uh, like sea legs into working with bands and management and all those people to uh, – uh, make that kind of stuff happen and through those connections I started doing more video work and then that just kind of just sort of took off and that's like 90% of what I do is like video and film work I mean yeah. I say film you know it's like I'm not shooting on actual film anymore you know but it's right. um, uh, it's cool I really do uh, enjoy it and it always gives me uh, something to do that's different every time you know, it's just a fun, it's just a fun thing to career to be in. You know, yeah. I'm really enjoying it, and you get to meet a lot of <laughs> colorful characters along the way for sure. I bet. You know, it's like, oh man. But we'll get into that. Yes, I guess we'll we'll talk about all those all stories those and all that. People, but yes, this... I do remember. I don't even know what that what the hell that thing looked like. <laughs> it was like a beach with ocean. We're gonna find it and put it in the a video. Beach we gotta, with put, an we gotta ocean. find that. I'm trying to think. Um, <laughs> gosh, yeah. And I do I have to watch my language on this thing. No, absolutely. Not. No. Fuck yes. Hell awesome. No. Sorry, mom. Sweet. Sorry. No. <laughs> so, Sorry. So I what? Got a pot in my mouth. <laughs> anyway. So go. what are you doing now? I mean, are you freelancing or you do you own a company or do you have a day job? Are you doing photo and video work on the side? Um, I have my own company called the Antimatter Studio okay. and that is what I do all of my uh, work through. It's the business front that I have for myself. Um, and then there's just my website, you know, justinreich.com is where my portfolio is. We can see all my work. Mm -hmm. I also part-time with uh, a few, let's get this out of here. It's just going to be going off the whole time. That's popular, I mean, man. I'm so rude. Right in the beginning, fucking up the interview. Fucking Justin, dude. Um, no, there's a great agency out of Winston-Salem that I'm part-time with called Airtype. Okay. And I help them with uh, video and photo work. And then there's actually another production company out of Greensboro called Red Nebula, um, oh. where uh, the guy's name is Brett Mullen. He's a phenomenal cinematographer. And he... Mm. Um, 
whenever like I get the bigger budget music videos, he's the one that I hire to to come and uh, run camera, and he brings all of his toys, and we play and make cool stuff. Uh, so. Yeah. But um, so it's like I sort of split my time between my, my company and then those other two, and that keeps me pretty busy. Plenty busy. Yeah. Cool. Like, so you're pretty yeah. much you're only on then. Like you're not doing any like bullshit whatever job, and then. No, no, You're yeah, I mean, there's, they, I've been working for myself, um, I started the, my company back in 2007, Oh, and um, that was when I did web design, graphic design, and stuff like that, I, I did a lot of work for record labels, um, I did, obviously, with, with his, his band, I freelanced with a bunch of uh, uh, regional and local bands, and um, that was really where I got my start um, in the music industry, was... Uh, uh, a label here in Greensboro called Forsaken Recordings, and you guys might know the guy. His name's Joel Collins. Yes, and he um, That's Joel yeah, Joel yep. he he books uh, for Crank It Loud now. But back in the day, I interned at Forsaken, and um, and through interning at that label and working for Joel, I was able to you know cultivate a bunch of great uh, contacts along the way, and that really helped me sort of kickstart my uh, career by. Yeah. Working for him, doing work with Matt Rudinsky over at Tribunal. Oh, good old when he did. Yes, and oh yeah, KWD. And um, it was—it's just been a process of networking. I mean, that's um, what I sort of attribute to. Um, I guess where I am now. I don't really know where I am now. You're doing well. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm trying, you know. But it's just—it's <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, just networking and trying to do the best work that you can. And the ultimate thing is just. People are like, well, what's the number one thing to to success? I'm like, don't be a dick. <laughs> like, just don't be an asshole, you know. And don't think that your work is this amazing, like, you know, like golden calf of, of of excellence. Like, yeah. Like, don't don't like you know like you know like just you know be humble. You know, that's as, part as much of the as, biggest thing in the industry is just remain humble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like because I've come across a lot of people. Um, in this industry, we all do, who are just, I mean, like, I swear, they probably think they shit diamonds. Yeah. Like, they're exactly. like, they, you know, I, I, they're just like the most, I don't know, I just don't understand that mentality. It's just like, you know, you never know, you know, who you're going to meet along the way that could improve your life in some way. And if you just snub your nose at people and you disrespect them, it's just... No. Why? You know, yes. just, just just be nice to people, you know? And so you never know, like, where someone's going to be at in the day, like, um, or if they're having a bad day or whatever, you know? It's like you just need to be um, patient. Patient and humble. That's it, you know? Not false humility either, because I hate that crap. Where people <laughs> are just like, you know, they're just, they're they're like being, oh, yeah, oh, it doesn't matter. But this like, like, it's like they're fishing for a compliment. They just want you it's to like, be yeah. like, like, man, I just, yeah, just give me a high five, please. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, but, it's not that good, but, uh, yeah, just tell me it's good. Tell me it's great. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. And, you know, and accept compliments, too. So that, that was, that's always, like, uh, my my thing, I guess. I yeah, that's good, so, though. That's awesome. But, um yeah, it's always funny doing the, these podcasts because, like, while I'm talking, I'm just like, "Oh man, this is going to be on the internet forever." Forever, I got to make ever. sure that you know I represent yourself. Yeah, it's like I, I got to watch my, gotta watch what I say. Be be more like you know I, I, Obama, where you just like take a second. <laughs> it's almost like he was processing in his brain. It's like, like what? Okay, what are people going to think about this? And he's like. And then he says something else. <laughs> you know? He's like, mm, okay. Yeah, instead of doing and that's another thing. Um, 
See, um, like ums and ahs and stuff like that. So I try and stop doing that. I know. It's, it's yeah. So I guess when you're ever. the leader of the free world, uh, you, you got to try and uh, 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 not say that. Oh, but man. I'm not the leader of the free world, so I won't say that shit not throughout yet. this whole interview. Not yet, Oh, Justin. God. I'd hurt us all if I was. It'd be terrible. So let's take a step back, probably years back. So how was your life growing up? Did you have creative parents and maybe jump into some of your schooling? Cool. Um, yeah, my parents are incredible. I am very fortunate to have two very supportive parents. You know, they just came up through modest means. Uh, they, uh, my mother is a nurse, and my uh, father works as a paralegal. And oh, wow. um, they uh, were both very creative um, parents. Like my mother used to paint, and my father was a musician. Oh, perfect. Um, and so, um, and then my grandmother was a painter, and um, my Great, my grandfather on my father's side was uh, an illustrator, and then you have um, my grandfather on my mother's side was a professor of botany at University of South Carolina. Holy crap! Um, and then my uh, grandmother and uh, step grandfather down in uh, my step grandfather down in Florida, he was a professor of uh, chemical engineering at UF. Uh, and then you have my Grandmother, she was a, she did real estate, so kind of all over the place. Yeah, so a yeah. variety of influences there. Yeah, and, had a, and they were just you know I was very very lucky you yeah. know, to have just like so much support with uh, just a very uh, um, very positive uh, family to to grow up with. And my father, that I think I, that would be the number one thing that really got me into uh, music was through my father because yeah. he uh, he played in bands through high school, right. And he played in a band uh, with uh, Mitch Easter, and if you don't know who Mitch Easter is, he uh, produced the first couple REM albums, and he has a Ooh, studio in um, in uh, in Kernersville. And it, like if you just Google Mitch Easter, the guy's a, just a legend. He's incredible. And going back to the humility thing, when you talk to him, he's like the most amazing person ever. He's just like, Super oh yeah, amazing. just you know, sort of chill, just whatever. But that's cool. Um, yeah, I think uh, coming from all of that, um, you know. Help form my love for music and mm-hmm. my interest in music because I was always surrounded by music. I was always right. my dad was always listening to albums, uh, and so was my mom. Uh, and my, my dad was a big Leon Russell fan. Um, okay. He was, uh, you know, they were like Beatles, Rolling Stones, you name it. That music was always going in the house constantly. My dad had like a big stereo; he'd blast that stuff. You know, <laughs> so. Um, so that kind of formed my love for music, and mm-hmm. then coming up in sort of the Winston-Salem music scene back in the late '90s, like '98 to 2000, yes. um, there was a, a place called 533 Uprisings, and before that, there was a place called Pablo's, and then um, 533. Uh, it was literally like a hole in the wall, yeah, and nothing else. It was, it was like a light bulb and a toilet that just really didn't work. But it, it would always have these amazing bands. I mean, Jimmy World played there. Oh. At the Drive-In played there. Oh, On Earth man. played there. Um, My childhood. And like, all these bands, right before they broke, came through and, and played there. Dillinger Escape Plan played there for 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I remember that show. I remember I, I waited because I, I was a huge Dillinger Escape Plan fan. <laughs> and I'm, like, there... And I waited all day, and we went through all the other bands. Um, I think Darkest Hour played there as well um, that makes for sense. that show. Yeah. And so Dillinger goes on, and they're getting ready to do um, like Sugarcoat Sour, which is like the first song on uh, um, 
Uh oh, the uh, under the not under the running board. No, or was it under the running board? Did you hear? Was that calculating? Or calculating infinity? Yeah. That's right. Under the running board was the EP. So they're doing that the first thirty seconds, and it's right when Ben Wyman's doing this uh, lead thing, and then lights go on, and the five O just comes storming. Oh in. no! And everyone was like, "No!" Because <laughs> they've been waiting for so long. And um, yeah, I remember uh, police come in, and, and it got kind of heated. Um, but apparently, there was a, a business next door that was having a function who complained oh, okay. about the noise, and then it well. That's that happened, but anyway, music has always been fun. It's just uh, I've played in bands, uh, none of them really saw any success, really. I mean, um, and it was fun, yeah, but uh, I just uh, I sort of saw an end point to that because um, working with bands and having gone on tour working for bands, and mm -hmm. I did a really big tour, like. When I got hired to do work with Zach Wild, um, I had done work with him in, in the past, and they were like, hey, do you want to go on Gigantour with me? And for those who don't know what Gigantour is, Gigantour was a like a 45-day run where uh, Megadeth would, based Dave Mustaine, he would take all these bands, and he would put them all together, and they would go out on the road. And this yeah. one was, it was like Megadeth, Black Label Society, uh, Hell Yeah... Uh, device it was, it was like David Draymond of uh, um, um, the, uh, crap Disturbs side project and you had um, Jason Newstead yeah. had his band as well on there so all these like you know named people doing this tour with their new projects and so I went and I did this tour and it was amazing but yeah. I was like I couldn't do this for a living like I just like being on the road this long probably so draining touring all the time I was like you really got to be a, a, you know, you got to have a certain type of resolve to do that. And, right. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to be in a band. I'll, I'll work with them. <laughs> I, I love working with bands. <laughs> but yeah, the touring life is brutal, man. It's like, like some people can do it. Nah, I was like, no, I couldn't, I couldn't do this. Um, it was fun filming and doing that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so you did film on that tour? Oh yeah, it was, it was a blast. Okay. I mean, and it was like, I got to do all 45 days. Uh, with Black Label Society, right, and which was Zach's band, and we, uh, you know, we had the tour bus and the your own bunk and your Xbox in the back, and you know, you get hotel rooms and you get all this wild, awesome, no pun intended, stuff to do, and um, it was so much fun. It was really, really, really like uh, so much fun, and I think having experienced that, yeah. that was truly what made me not want to keep pursuing music because I was like I don't think I could ever get there and so it That's, was like yeah. I was like or if I did it'd take you know years and years and yeah years. and I just I wanted more cultivate on film work I wanted to cultivate on other things and um and I was like man having a tour and like because I've done that too yeah been in a van I remember one time I did a tour in a pickup truck <laughs> and a we split it um you know Adam Cody he was oh, in Wretched yeah, it was um, it was Zero System was oh, the name of the yeah. band, and it was uh, I remember myself, Adam Cody, um, uh, Kyle O'Dell, who's in Failure Anthem now, and um, and we had uh, Andy Joyce, and um, uh, and we had Nick Carter was I think he was in the band at the time, and we had some fill in drummer I don't remember his name, but Derek Collins. <laughs> so what? Well, Derek Collins, I'm good friends with him. That's who it was. Yeah. Oh, holy crap, really? That's who it was. Sorry, Derek, if you're watching this, I forgot your name. Yo, shout out Derek Collins. It's been a while, Derek. Florida, 
Come back. Anyways. Oh, he um, is in Florida. <laughs> See, I, I have no idea. He's going to be like, that fucking motherfucker man. forgot my name. Forgot my name. But anyway, we're on tour, and it, we had booked it ourselves with a band from Greensboro called Hephaestus, and we... Um, Holy crap. Yeah. Yo. And, and we, yeah. And then um, we, uh, we went out and did that tour... God, it was oh god, it was so brutal. It was just like that. That is the epitome of like the lowest of the low uh, of like since we booked it ourselves, nobody knew who we were, and so we would go into these bars, and it's just literally, you know, the the local bar people like the the bar flies. I remember. Okay, this was the most hilarious thing. The first this is if, if this is like any indication of when I was like. Fuck this. It was the first show of the tour, and we played in the basement of the uh, Crocodile Rock in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Okay. Great venue. But they literally gave us, like, we might as, they must have been like, oh shit, we did book this band. And they had, like, oh the upstairs gosh. was Red, the band Red was playing upstairs, and then there was another band playing on the smaller stage, and then they gave us the third stage, which is, like, you know, it's like a, the the rec room at the, uh, you know, if you were to see like some moldy, crusty rec room of some religious cult in like, in like somewhere, you know, that was what we played in. The stage was basically the size of this table and, and there was nobody in there and we're just all in there playing and it's just like us, it would literally be like, Hephaestus was out there, and they were our crowd. And we'd be playing to them, and then when we were done, we just swapped. Because we just left our gear up yeah, there. Yeah, because you probably just And we were just like, like okay, well, I don't know what we're doing right now. This is just this ridiculous. Is... And so, But it was hilarious, because we just goofed off and drank and had fun. But um, I remember on that tour, we we couldn't get a hotel room, and so we would, like slept on the ground like on, in a parking lot. Oh, I remember gosh. sleeping on the on like the hood of the truck. And just what the the, fuck? you can ask Adam this too. It was the most hilarious thing ever. And then I remember the very last show, Adam had a dentist appointment he had to go to, and so we had to leave um, from all the way up in Worcester, Massachusetts, and drove all Adam and I drove all the way back down to North Carolina through the night just to get there to, and for then, a dentist appointment. Yeah, because he he had I think it was dentist or doctor or something. He had to go to it. It was like really important that he had to go to it. So um, so we drove back and um, he <laughs> did that. And so anyway, going forward, being on that tour like tour bus bunk and all that, and then it's like, oh, this is what I got to go back to. It's like, mm -mm. It's like nah, uh, you know, don't want to do that anymore. You know, I'm really enjoying the filmmaking thing right now. You know, it pays the bills. Yes, it's working. <laughs> you so. know, it, it um, it's it's a whole lot of fun. So, um, sorry, I I will go off on a tear, dude. That's I wanted to hear that. That's for, hilarious. Uh, for a while, especially when Derek was with you on that. Yeah, Derek was there, so, and um, that was awesome. And uh, yeah, and we had Adam Cody and um. And yeah, so it's uh, it, that was a lot of it was, but it was fun. Yeah, I will say that much because I remember my one, <laughs> my one thing. Okay, one more. I was there, and we were. Uh, it was the one where he would slept in the parking lot that night, and I was just, I was just so over it. I was like, oh man. And there was a hotel there, and the hotel people they were jerks. And I was like, you know what? I just want to see if this works. I just walk inside and go to the Continental Breakfast, and I just start. Oh, taking food. <laughs> and I'm just there, and I'm just, you know, this is like, God, like 10 years ago. And so I'm just eating, you know, there, and uh, all the coffee was gone. And then, and then they, and then the, the, their 
of the people inside. I go to the front desk. I'm like, "You have any coffee?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And they pour me some coffee. I'm like, "Yeah, there's these, there's this band or something like out front. We gotta call the cops on them to get them out of there." I was like, "Oh, those fuckers!" Oh, <laughs> I'm drinking. I was drinking coffee oh, and everything. God. And the cops run them off. And they're like, "Justin, where are you?" And I was like, "I'm finishing my eggs." <laughs> I go there and I meet up with them later. And I don't know. That was that was funny. Oh, I mean, you're like, oh crap. Oh yeah, well, because I got, was I was so over it by well, that you point. You ate, so fuck it. I got some I got some food. You know, it was sort of illegal, but I mean, there are worse things in life, you know. Yeah, but, of course. You know, I don't think there's any terrible punishment for you know stealing taking some eggs. I don't even know if they're eggs. You know, continental breakfast eggs. Oh, that's true. They're they're terrible. A little, little yeah. suspect. They're, they're they're so terrible. Yeah. You wonder if they're like eggs or if it's just like <laughs> some you know does somebody like draw this up in a lab? You know, was this like you know. Can you, could you imagine being the guy in the lab? You know, you have like the one who buys some cure for cancer. This guy finds you know some kind of cream that reverses aging. But then you have like little you know Bob who's like, man, I found some fake eggs. They're great. <laughs> you know. But then you know it's like, yeah, I don't know. It'd be it'd be really hilarious. Um, but um, anyway, yeah, that's that story. Awesome. So let's jump back. That was amazing. Thank you. Um, so when did you get your first camera, and how was that? Um, well, first camera was a film camera. It was like a 35 millimeter, um, it was my dad's yeah. camera. It was like one of those 35 millimeter film cameras that actually like, you know, the and I took, um, darkroom classes when I was like 10 or 11 years old at oh, wow. a place called the Sawtooth Center in Winston-Salem and, uh, learned how to develop your own film, how to use the enlargers and all that cool kind of stuff. At and 10 years old? Like 10 or 11-ish. It was like a <sighs> summer program there. Yeah. And so we did, I did that. That was my first camera. And then uh, after that, um, I'm trying to think, uh, film, like video camera. My first one, I think it was like a Canon, like T2, T1i. It's like one of the very first, yeah. like, ever. And I did that more for um, photos. And then and that was one thing, too. Like, it, back in the day, I used to do tons of photo compositing. That was kind of like my my stick for yeah. a little bit was using um uh going over to uh okay i had a friend who owned a place called college hill video his name was blake fawcett he's one of my really good friends and he mentored me for video like yeah. i attribute pretty much the reason why i got into film and video is because of blake because he taught me the very first like basics of filmmaking and understanding you know what different shots were from wide to close to how to cut, how to use Final Cut Pro, like, yeah. you know, like he was, you know, huge in sort of my development um, of working in film. So um, when I would uh, work with him, um, we uh, went, okay, anyway, sorry. You're good, you're good, you're good. He had a, a green screen in his, uh, in College Hill that he would use for, because he did music video work and stuff like that way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, now he does like more like corporate video work and, and things like that but back then when he did music videos he had this awesome green screen and we would barter work or I'd rent it from him or whatever and so I had this awesome green screen set up and I would just bring bands in mm-hmm. and shoot them in front of this green screen and just composite out all these things and I remember like yeah my first camera thing was like a Canon T2i or whatever and I had like some strobes that I had bought and um, then I uh, hmm I sort of did a bunch of that stuff it's like so many bands I would like put them in front of these fantastic uh, like backgrounds, just ridiculous like shit. But nobody was really doing it, so I was I got yeah, all this that's work. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and that was back in the MySpace days too. Ooh-wee. So 
That was that was that hilarious. Right there. I will say I got real lucky. I got to work with um, a great company out of Sacramento who did these really really huge MySpace pages, and so I got to develop and design um, like big band yeah. MySpace pages. I remember doing like Rascal Flats and no way. Um, Ice Cube. I remember doing one for him. Yeah, MySpace page for Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. the most hilarious thing ever because I remember like I was like pretty young. I remember getting all the the media and all the pictures and stuff and they would sit because what they would do they would just send you all of the logos and pictures and you just have to make a, you know a MySpace you make that. the so I remember doing that and that was that was a lot of fun I'm trying to think of any others but that was like back that was you know um, that was back when there was some serious money to be made from doing MySpace but say MySpace stuff. was very economical back then oh it was it was incredible yeah it was it was uh, the best and then yeah. they were just like Oh, you know what? We have this really successful model. <laughs> I'm just going to jump off a building. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Later. We have this great great thing going on, and we're just going to take everything that made MySpace attractive, and we're just going to do away with that. It almost makes me wonder if like, the conspiracy side of me is like, does somebody at Facebook like infiltrate their way in? Oh, and, and like, I fuck them up. And they were just like, yeah, we're going to change things up here. I know, it's a really good idea. And you just it's sort of like just walk into a room, throwing a grenade, exactly. closing the door. <laughs> See ya, MySpace. <laughs> Um, they, I think they did some kind of update recently where um, everyone lost all their friends. On MySpace. On MySpace, yeah. Oh. But, like, it really even matters. You know, you, you, about to say exactly. You go, you go back to MySpace, it's just like tumbleweeds. It's just like a wasteland. It's just nothing. Maybe it's just, some random band on there putting yeah, their music up. Yeah, maybe. Like, why would you even I mean, do that? I remember uh, I would have some uh, bands that would contact me for music videos who still had a MySpace address for their like recently what what are you doing i mean hey man keep fighting the good fight brother you know whatever you know keep keep living the myspace dream make your band camp dude but um (laughs) but um it was uh uh, so okay back camera okay that cool stuff stuff i'm using now is um i don't i have a camera that i bought yeah but um really now i just it depends on the project okay you know, because that was the the biggest thing was um, when when I first started off, I was like, oh, I gotta get this camera, I get this camera. But then I was like, I'm not, I'm focusing on the wrong thing. The technology is good, but you need to focus on the craft of filmmaking. You know, exactly, editing, it's not your equipment. Um, yeah, it's not about equipment. Like right. equipment is good, and it'll enhance your skill. It'll enhance the look of what you're going for. Mm-hmm. But you know, that stuff only gets you so far. You need to understand. Uh, like how, you know, like when you're shooting a narrative, you know how to properly, you know, get coverage. How to uh, film something. How to not break the 180. Things that I never knew because I never yeah. went to film school, so I had to learn everything. Oh, so you're self-taught. Uh, yeah, I mean, for I had, the most you know, part, other than the help, I had you know like good mentors, and then I um, everything else was self-taught and just being on sets and um, having just observing. Uh, yeah, and like like my friend Brett, who I was talking about before, like yeah. he was. Um, I learned a lot from him the last couple of years because he uh, does a ton of uh, filmmaking work and a lot of corporate work as well. And it's more um, by the book, and he does things the, the correct way. <laughs> yeah. Where with me, I was just sort of just like, man, I hope this works. You know, I'm just, just going to jump into That's it and see what happens. That's what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so now it's just, you know, technology, whatever I use for uh, the, it just depends on the project and how much money there is. Uh, and, uh, and sometimes, like when I hire someone like Brett, you know, they come with their camera package, and so um, we just sort of shoot whatever he's using. Oh, but, so you just use okay? That's what I was gonna ask Nat. So what, yeah, what do you usually got? Yeah, it's like Brett. Uh, I think right now he's shooting on a on a red or something. I was gonna like ask that, so, you about yeah. that because 
I was at the studio here, Lizzie, don't know if you know Chris Hilbert or not, but um, a guy came in with a red camera. First time I've ever seen one in person, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. Yeah, so they're fun. See if you use that or not. I mean, they're um, like having that kind of resolution is great. Yeah. Um, and being able to, uh, what I like the most about it is the color. Like you can just get so much. I don't know. There's, there's a certain richness, and the there's like um, almost a, a filmic quality to. Yeah. Um, to the, uh, the, the the red footage that I just really enjoy. I would love to be able to shoot with other, even bigger cameras maybe down the road. Like, I'd love to shoot on an Alexa because that stuff is just gorgeous. Um, yeah. A band I did recently called Royal Thunder, we shot everything on the red for that. That was right. I saw it on your website, actually. Mm-hmm, and okay. that turned out really, really, really good. And it was a lot of fun, too, because everything we did um, in the music video that I think I like the most out of that set of two videos was the one for sinking chair because mm-hmm. everything we did was in camera. We would put filters on the lens and then it was this really cool setup because working with Brett is always just a whole lot of fun because him and I just, we just come up with an idea on the day. We'll have a shot list, a storyline and all everything that we figured out with the band beforehand, but then we'll sort of, you know, come up with maybe something why we are filming. And one of those things was, um, there's a Bartek follow focus that usually goes on the lens to mm-hmm. help with focusing. Now, what we did is we put it on the zoom part of the lens. I think it was like a 24 to 100 millimeter lens on the red, and it was. Um, and so I would have my director's monitor and the controls, and then Brett would be running it on a Dana dolly, and he'd be manning the Dana dolly, just doing either you know tracking or dolly, um, and we would uh, he would man focus, but I would man the zoom. Yeah. So it would be uh, pretty much we would be doing these shots, and we had this filter on the lens where it was like the it was like fraught, like distorted around the edges, but in the middle it was uh, uh, clear. Mm-hmm. And so when you would zoom in and out, you get this really ab- crazy like aberration effect. I might be not I don't know if I'm using the right word, but yeah, um, you are. we would. Uh, do that and it it was really cool so i had people after the fact being like well, what'd you do did you do that in after effects like, no man we did <laughs> that like on the cam- on, like on, on, the- on the day you know we shot everything there and i've been having a lot of fun with that like trying to um be more practical with my filmmaking and not rely so much on visual effects yeah and i think maybe i'm just doing that because i'm terrible at visual effects and so <laughs> the more that i can not do that the better but um yeah I, like it, coming back to cameras um I just tell people just use whatever um, whatever, works. whatever allows you to express your voice the best in yeah. film. You know, because there are some people who've shot feature films like a Tangerine. I think it was shot on an iPhone. iPhone. Um, I think that was the name of the film. And um, oh, so, out. yeah, there's so many different things out there. There, there was actually one short film that um, there's this one guy I can't remember his name, but he does drone work and he's phenomenal. And he did mm-hmm. this one. Uh, short film, which was 100% shot on a drone. Just drone. And it was brilliant. It was so good. Uh, it was about a guy who, like, has a sort of a mental breakdown in a cul-de-sac. Yeah. And he is just... The whole thing... And it was in, it was done literally in one take. It, there weren't any uh, creative what? edits like Birdman or anything. It was like 15 just minutes. Just following the dude around. Just following that. And then they had all these, like, um, instances of people watching and this one kid, like, up in a window. It was awesome and um they did a really 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 good really good job with that um i I just want to figure it out yeah if you can like tell us like maybe after like where we can see that because i definitely want to see that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. i'll uh i have to i'll look that up and yeah uh, please do because that sounds insane yeah um so i guess with all you doing a bunch of work now so when did you actually take it like 
like seriously. When right. you were like, I'm gonna dive, I'm gonna use all my time and passion, I'm, I'm gonna do everything sure. towards yeah. doing video. It was um, right when I graduated from UNCG back in 2007. Yeah, I worked for a uh, uh, they were a point of purchase display company called Ryan Scott Incorporated, and okay. I worked with them for maybe about a, ish, a year. Yeah, and then um, I just sort of decided to um, take. I was like, that's just sort of when I decided to take the plunge. And um, I uh, was making enough freelance to where I was like, all right, I'm just going to give this a shot and sort of see what happens. Hell yeah. Worst case scenario, you know, like I didn't really have a lot to lose. Yeah. Because I mean, I was living with roommates at the time and rent wasn't much. I didn't really have a whole lot of bills. And I was like, you know, I'll just, you know, just do what I can to make it happen. And then I kept getting work. And I was like, and I would do things with, um, I think what's helped me the most is I was on retainer with a few record labels. So you like had some kind of, like, I'm going to get work eventually. Right. Yeah. I did work with, uh, um, I had, I had like retainer work and there weren't like a lot of money at all. So they were, they were, you know, winning as well. And I was being able to work, you know, get guaranteed money, work with some cool bands. I remember, uh, I got, I did the, um, album layout for, uh, Ghosts and Sides Returners. Oh, wow. So that's my art. That's, that's awesome. That album. And that's you? Okay. That was the crazy thing. I never knew who that band was. Yeah. I didn't even know who they were. It was just, I was on, I was working with Media Scare and, um, they said, yeah, one of our bands, Ghosts and Sides, needs a layout. I was like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. And, um, then I listened to the album because they gave me the album before it came out. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit! Yeah, dude, that band was that band was sick. Or it's like, still this band, so album it's sick. is incredible, and I really got into it. And I started just designing all this stuff, and yeah, the album cover itself was pretty simple. It was just a, uh, you know, a, like a stock image that uh, we purchased, and then um, I had a bunch of other stuff going on with it. But then yeah. I dialed it back, and there were like any kind of like design things, elements that were inside of it were pretty simple, like the red. Um, the, uh, the street, yes, and then, I remember that album cover. And then, like, the, there was some birds and stuff like that. And uh, who else did I do? Uh, the Pale Horse or the White Horse by Legend. I remember that one. Hmm, okay. Which, after the fact, I thought it was actually kind of. I didn't even mean to do this, but you know, the thing on the cover of Legend, it looked like Golmec from Legends of the Hidden Temple, and I <laughs> totally didn't even think about it. To after some kid like brought it up online. And I was like, man, I hope the band didn't think I was being like, an asshole. Fuck. That was a really good cover. <laughs> I was just like, I'm really stoked on that cover. But I was like, yeah, that is kind of like Golmex just, you know, wrecking some shit on this album cover right now. But uh, another great band. Uh, what was another one? I did um, the cover for, um, oh, For the Fallen Dreams Backburner. Oh, yes. Remember that band too? That one. Fallen Dreams. That, that, um, that. Backburner's cover is Renolda Gardens in Winston-Salem, actually. What? Yeah, it's just... Um, that's, a little fun fact for the Winston homies. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what that is. And, um, oh, now this was just fucking hilarious. I did some work with Standby Records, and Neil at Standby was uh, working with Vanilla Ice <laughs> to put out his album <laughs> called WTF. <laughs> And WTF stood for Wisdom, Tenacity, Focus. What? Okay. And I mean, and it was it was kind of cool because I got to like get on the phone with 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 uh, um uh, uh shoot um Rob, which is his name, Rob Van Winkle. Oh, so you talk name. you talk to him? Yeah, yeah. And it was really funny because I didn't know how to address him. So I was like, do I call him Vanilla or do I call him Mr. Ice? Ice? 
or do I call him Rob or Mr. Van Winkle? Like, what are you? You know, it's like, so, but he was a really cool dude. And um, it was basically him on the cover. At first, I mean, it was, and I'm not, not trying to be like rude here, but it was like we had this really cool cover of like Rob standing, and it was like he was, it was like a backdrop of his old album, and it was burning and coming apart. Yeah. And he was kind of standing there, and the flames kind of emerging from the old. It was like a reinvention of his um, image in a way. Yeah. And then him and his design. Uh, like his team, they kept wanting me to add stuff to it. They wanted this border and then this little thing that comes down and they wanted like stitching in it and then this gold diamond studded vanilla ice logo and and they all wanted and then they wanted like these clown cartoon characters yeah, and these things and I was like, What are you doing to my thing? Stop <laughs> like, it. I don't want to do that at all. Like, I don't want to do it. It was fine. It was just fine. But you can, what can you do? You can't be like, fuck you, vanilla ice. Yeah. I'm not doing fuck this. That, that's money. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> I was like a t shirt, you know. Fuck you, vanilla ice. I'm not doing this. WTF. But um he but <laughs> yeah, WTF. He but I don't know. It's still cool. To be able to be like, hey, I did a Vanilla Ice album cover, you know? That uh, is cause, awesome. Because it's hilarious, but, um, the, uh, and seeing it here and there, but that was just a wild experience, and he was just, he was a really cool down-to-earth guy. Um, another funny story, I went, I was like so close to doing a photo shoot for him, right? Yeah. And we're, um, it's at, uh, I think it was like Ribfest. At at um in Winston Salem yeah and he was performing there and I was going to do a photo shoot with him so I set up my green screen set up my lights and everything and the sound guy that had it Ribfest just did not know what he was doing and so Rob was literally doing his own sound check he was at the board like check, check, checking everything and doing mixing and everything and I just remember him being there just like oh what the fuck he's just doing this. <laughs> And we never did the photo shoot because he was doing that sound check the whole time, and so it was, you know, That's a fucking that was, that was sort of how that went. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, but ultimately, he was just a really cool guy. Like, yeah. You know, but most of the, I've never had a bigger client or a bigger name person ever really be a jerk. Like they just super um, down to earth. They're just really down to earth and really cool, and they. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, they, yeah. They've always just been really awesome. I've never had any problem. The ones that I have the problems with are the really, really young bands who are just so... It's Girl, just like they overthink everything. That's what it's taken. Like, stop! Like, I've been doing this like, forever. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's, just, it's like I understand some of them, but... And uh, and I can say this just because I was one, but it's always the fucking bass players, man. It's oh, like, what? Really? It's always just like the bass player of a band or somebody, and like these young bands, and they're just like so... And I kind of remember because I was that guy, so I could totally vouch for that. I remember yeah. when I used to, when I was really young and in bands, I was the bass player... And I was like, I was like such a, it was funny, I was thinking about it this morning, I don't know how it came into my brain, maybe because I met an old band member last night, but whatever, and I was like, man, I was I was just a little fucker, man. <laughs> that was a dick. It's like, God, and I was like, mm-hmm. Jesus. Look, you just look back, I was like, man, that was, but yeah, it's always funny, it's like, you know, always the bass player of the band, or sometimes maybe the drummer, there was, I remember there was one band where he literally was like, my, I hit this one drum beat off. I need this frame taken out. I got this one thing wrong. And I was like, fuck you. 
<laughs> changing it. Oh my god. Some some my favorite. I think my favorite thing ever when whenever I'm editing some stuff and I get ridiculous changes is I will say that I made the change if it's something so dumb. I was like, yeah, and I, I never did it. <laughs> She's like, yeah, 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 I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, I told him to do that. Yeah, man, I told him that. I said, dude, it looks so much Yo, better. Yo, that looks sick. And I'm just like, it's like, yeah, new yeah. shit. I knew you didn't really care about that. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm thankful for literally every band that I get a chance to work with. And I work with some really hardworking people. Um, and all the younger up-and-coming bands, the majority of them are just a joy to work with. Yeah. And they're just super stoked. I'm just glad that bands still see the value in doing music videos, yeah, yeah. especially yes. these days, because they are getting cheaper to produce. And video is such a is such in demand yeah. right now more than ever agree. before. You can you know put video on through Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, even through uh, uh, um, uh, Snapchat. You can do stuff yeah. there. So there's a, there are a lot of applications for video, and it gets so much more of a reach. Like if your band is coming out with an album, um, yeah, you can do a press release, be like, hey, we have a new album, we have this and this. But if you have video, that is going to get a little more views because the the viewer can. See the band. They can see who they are. See who they are. They can listen to them and everything. And it's just all one nice package right there. And you you get replay value with it as well because you can use that video throughout your social media campaigns and do like Flashback Fridays or Throwback Thursdays, whatever you want to do for it. Um, You can uh, always have this content to still keep throwing out there. And that's what Zach Wild and uh, Blasco, who is his manager, and uh, his whole camp, they've done a masterful job of – building up his social media presence and utilizing all of the media and the things that have cultivated for him and then recycling it and maybe be able to keep uh, using it here and there. So there's uh, there's a lot of value in that. So it's fun being able to work with the young up-and-coming bands and um, and the big ones as well. So it's just it's a lot of fun. It's just always cool to um, sort of see what their take is and what they're, they want to create yeah, and how they want to be represented. And I'm just, yeah, so if you want to work with me, you know, so yeah. I'm just super thankful for that that's awesome I'm glad you mentioned that because I definitely want to ask you the creative process that goes behind making each video sure could you it's um well sometimes I will um you know get a mass email from a label and they'll, they're sort of fishing for directors they have uh sort of a pdf document that sort of details out what the band is looking for they have the song and you're supposed to put together a treatment and submit it and then if they like your treatment then they'll work with you yeah um i've done a lot of work with a uh, razor and tie that way um, oh, oh awesome. and, That's a huge and then um but the label that um i do most of my, a lot of work with these days is uh, entertainment one okay. which is zach's label and that, that's how i got the ace freely video that's how um, i got the all that's through zach i do a lot of work with him there and then also the upcoming uh, rex brown music videos that i'm going to be doing as yeah. well um he's on entertainment one and they're just phenomenal like every person at e1 is just great to work with and people who i've worked with in the past and um it's uh fun the other one is spine farm records which has uh he is legend is on that one okay. the browning is on that one um uh black crown initiate was one video i did through them uh royal thunder is on spine okay. farm as well and they send me a lot of business uh, uh, so it's um it's a great relationship there yeah. as, as well so usually depending on who i'm working for Sometimes they'll just be like, "Okay, well, you already have the job. We just yeah, need you to come just, up with a video. Just, do it, yeah. just, just kind of come up with the treatment and do it." And that's how it usually is with um, anything through uh, Spine Farm and, and E One. And then some other labels, I'll have to really uh, kind of sell it a little bit more. Yeah. 
Um, but some labels say just, you know, if once you sort of start building a relationship with them, they, they, trust, they, you. they trust your work and yep. they know what, the, what you're going to do, and it's just easier that way. So with bands, sometimes the band will have, like Royal Thunder, for example, they had, um, for Sinking Chair, that's a really good example, the band had a, a, a simple idea of them sort of being in this dark room, and mm-hmm. then each member sort of being pulled out of this room as the song was going on, and then at the end, they're in this really colorful space and it's the idea of sort of getting out of your sinking chair, getting out from your negative environment, and then moving forward out to something better, out to something positive. And, and I was like, yeah, it's cool. But I was like, man, like the song is just really good. I'm really enjoying this band. And they're a phenomenal band. Like, uh, I love those guys. And so we came up with um, uh, this house that is in um, Tarboro, North Carolina, and I had made a good uh, relationship with the property owner there in this old sort of plantation-style home. It's like old knickknacks and all this kind of stuff in there. And so yeah. Yeah, he let us film the band in there. And so the band's performing inside of this house. And um, this is the same video where I was talking about where Brett and I kind of came up with you know that cool like on-the-day camera style. Mm-hmm. And filmed everything there and then went out onto the property outside and did smoke grenades and things like that yeah and and so that was that was sort of how that changed you know so we sort of stayed in the same wheelhouse we just sort of and the band was totally cool with it and they were totally like they are the nicest band ever I'm just gonna say Royal Thunder is they are incredible shout out like love those guys like they're not only are they super talented but they're just they're almost like too nice like (laughs) I did I did stuff they they all because I remember being on a set with them and (laughs) God, I felt so terrible. Uh, I remember there's there's some video of me. Um, I mean, maybe I'll send this to you. It's it's the funniest thing. Okay, so when you're on a film set and when you finish the scene, you say back to one, okay. right? It means reset, go back to where we were. And so I'm there, and the band's outside, and it's the, the it's the funniest shit ever. It's like uh, Brett's filming, and I'm just taking these smoke grenades and just going all over like this because we were over cranking it we were shooting at like 90 frames a second so and so it's looking like really slow-mo and billowy and has all this great stuff going on but when you look at it as it's being filmed it looks like a scene out of like uh, Spinal Tap when the little you know uh, Stonehenge is coming down you know and everyone's just it's the funniest damn thing ever I'm doing this and I walk through and my leg clips the um um the 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 uh Cable of Mel, the bass player and singer, bass amp. The amp goes to go, but I'm so it falls. I'm still so much in it. I step over the amp and I just keep going because I'm just like, "Ah, I only have so many of these fucking smoke grenades, you know. I can't. It's like keep filming, keep filming, and then the song is done. I'm like, back to one, back to one, and they're they're just picking up like the bass amp. You're just like picking up her gear, and I'm just like still doing it. And the thing is, is they did it. She like she's picking up her gear and she's putting it back, and the whole band is still performing and everything, and. And I was like, God, if that had been with like Zach Any, I, I'm about to say someone else, else's base rig, yeah. I, and I and I felt bad afterwards. Like, I'll buy you a new rig. I'll fix it if it's broken. Like, oh no, don't worry about it. It's totally cool. It'll be all right. And I, I was like, you guys are awesome. I say like, that's unheard of. Yeah, it's, like, it's, no, so you're buying me a new base, new base. And then oh, and gosh, um, another thing. I remember um, doing the smoke, and my smoke grenade like hit. And you'll see it in the video. Hit the side of Mel's base, and let this blue streak across her base just stained it basically and she was just totally fine she's like oh that's awesome that, that looks really cool and I was like I mean, you never hear people like that <laughs> and I was like 
you guys are my favorites. Like, I, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. You let me, and, and we were able to get some really cool shots because they were so cool. And yeah. they let me do some, I got real, I mean, oh, um, God, their uh, guitar player, he's like up against um, this barns textured thing, and I'm like blowing blue smoke in his face. And the yeah. thing I didn't know about these smoke grenades is they sputter and they spit. And so he just gets blasted with blue sparks and stuff and it gets in his beard and on his neck and he's like burned him and he's like oh that's all good dude don't worry about it and i'm like, <laughs> Stop being so I'm, so, nice. I'm so i'm so sorry guys thank you for being so cool but um i don't know where i was going with that um but there's a process of it, it, there's doing a, a video yeah it was um ultimately like they were just a, a really enjoyable cool group of guys to to, to be with and i I just got to have a good feeling. I mean, they're already doing amazing stuff. I, yeah. I feel like they're just going to be Huge. monstrous. And uh, and their singer, Mel, is just a complete, just phenomenal singer. Yeah. Like, soulful rock and roll vocals. Just, it's it's awesome. So, um, That's cool. But uh, the process varies. Yeah, it always does. There's really no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like, the stuff I do with Zach Wilde, he's literally just like, just... Just uh, I don't love it. He's just like yeah, just put some uh, uh, skulls and demons and shit, and uh, and just <laughs> make you know, it dark just, as possible. Just make, make all this cool stuff, and I'm like, all right, cool. And I'll come up with an idea, and I'll just sort of submit it, and then I'll every single video that is out there that I have done for him, that is the first edit. Really? Yeah. You shoot it once, and that's it. Oh, uh, why? Well, or well, edit? I'm sorry. I edit it. Like, edit it. Yeah, I just go through. I do my edit, and I edit it as a completed thing, and I'm like, what do you think of this? It's like, cool. Let's do it. He was like, that's it. That's easy for you. It's easy for everyone. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's the greatest ever. He, he's, that he's, is unheard of. He's awesome. Yeah, and, I'll, and like yeah, every video out there except for. And how much time do we have? By no, the way, you're good. Okay, cool. there's not really time limit. Because um, it was uh, we were doing this one video for uh, okay, Zach. He put out a solo album called Book of Shadows Two. Yeah, and he did a song called Sleeping Dogs, and we did a whole video for Sleeping Dogs with like voodoo and witches and sacrifice and all this crazy shit that was going on. It was really cool. And then they, last minute, were able to get Corey Taylor from Slipknot to sing on the song. And so they have two versions of Sleeping Dogs on the album. One is just the one with Zach, and then one is the special version at the end as a bonus track with Corey Taylor. And they're like, we want to do another video for this, just to kind of, you know, it has Corey in it. It'll really get the album a lot of press. It'll get a lot of people who maybe haven't heard of Zach Wilde's solo stuff and which is more like uh, it's it's a little um, less heavy, and it's more um, more soulful and rock and roll and more acoustic driven. It's be- it's amazing music. So um, they did we did this song, but I couldn't get Corey Taylor or Zach Wilde in the video. So we just had to come up with an interesting concept. Oh, and wow. so what I did is I thought of an idea. I don't know how in the hell this even. This is probably just you know just a night of drinking just manifested this idea and so I was like okay we're gonna have a guy walking down a road and as he's walking down the road all of this shit is gonna happen to him as he's walking down the road so he starts at the top of the road and he's smoking eating a banana he almost gets hit by a car with like this redneck wife and guy and they run up to him and yell and scream and then she like trips and the baby goes flying in the air he catches the baby and then they run off and then um, he like gets caught up in a 5k run and he steals like a walkman from the 5k guy and then he gives it to a homeless person and then he like gets caught in a protest then he gets caught in a minefield and then you turn around and the whole time he was trying to get back to his 
delivery vehicle because he was a delivery guy uh, delivering cherries. I know the thing is he's covered in what looks like blood the whole time, but yeah. then you find out it's not blood; it's just cherry it's cherries. juice. So, and at the very end, he had a wreck with a clown van, and so uh, <laughs> there's like fire breathers. And this, okay, this is the craziest Dan. I this this is like the classic. Almost Dan bit off more than, than I could chew scenario because I was like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, this. Okay, adding stuff. And I got a phenomenal first uh, AD out of Atlanta called Kevin Welch and him and um, and a great uh, second AD. Uh, and we had uh, like a full crew um, and like uh, drivers and like 60 extras. And I remember the fine, and we did it over the course of two days. And yeah. the thing is, I could only get like special effects on certain days. So the cannon mortars and stuff, we had to like map out the road and shoot each part differently out of order and then do camera lights. Oh, and there was another thing I put in there too. Uh, it was like a, um, uh, it did, and this was a throwback to the very first music video I ever did for Zach Wild, which I'll tell you in a second. But yeah. it was a fight between a, uh, a chicken and a horse. What? Fighting, fighting over a unicorn, <laughs> and every time the chicken would get hit, feathers would go all over the place. So, um, but um, okay, so we get the very final scene. Sorry, sorry, you're good. I'm way all over, all over the place. You're good, um, you're good. So we're at the final scene, and uh, it was a scene where Tom, the character, he walks off of the uh, camera, and you see the chaos that is everything. The clowns throwing confetti. You have this one head clown who's pissed off at him because he can't get his troop to the show, and so he's taking these cherries and he's throwing them at Tom. And then this was the first time I did a full body burn. Oh and my god! This stuff is no joke. I mean, you're talking like you have uh, um, who was it? It was uh, my first AD. Hired these guys out of Atlanta who had worked on The Walking Dead and a few other shows, and they came up oh, here. Cool. And uh, they did like this full, and they were like, okay, once we put him in the jelly, because it's super chilled jelly, he's going to start going into hypothermia because it's so cold. So we oh have to God. put him in the jelly, and we light his ass on fire, and he runs. And so we had to have Tom going here, we had to have the clowns here, we had to have all this stuff, and then we had all these other people on the other side, and like costumes and things, and we had all these cars. I had to shut down a road, I had to get sheriff's officers to, sh- to hold the road and keep it closed for me. And I had to have um, like uh, uh, all these st- people on standby. I had to have a medic on standby. I had all the stuff, and um, we have crew, and I have like this giant crane with a camera, and all this wild stuff. I have to send you like the BTS video. Yeah, this please, one because it was um, ridiculous. And so we're doing that, and then um, we uh, uh, go and made it happen because we had one take we had one chance because the sun was going down and it was a sunset shot oh my god and so we had one chance to do it the red was overheating because it was in like july so we're fanning it with flags trying to keep from overheating and shutting off i have all these extras here these cars here i have the crew for only this amount of time we can't do a reset because it takes 45 minutes or something like that to reset the fire burn so we had one chance to do a fire burn i had people blowing fire i had all this crazy stuff and then, so we had one take to get it right. And I was like, please just let the camera not cut off. And it was just one simple shot. And yeah, it was, uh, it was like all this stuff. And then the guy's like on fire, like running funny. up the top. Yeah, it was, and it was like just a small, and it, from, it was like a small little effect. But um, so much went into that. And when I was said and done, I just went collapsed behind like, oh, the thing. I was like, it's over. Thank you. It's done. Thank you. But that was, uh, 
Okay, but getting to that point, that was the only video where I had to do changes for Zach because it was so out there yeah. that he was like, okay, let's uh, speed this part up. Let's take this effect out. Let's do this. Let's do this because it was very strange. It was like it was not typical Zach Wilde. It was like it was very goofy, very yeah. much like something you would see on Adult Swim or something like that. It was like really strange. I mean, but okay, so going back to um, the chicken and the horse and the unicorn, very first music video I did for Zach when I was doing that Gigantour yeah. uh, thing, and we're on the road in Canada. Oh, oh, dude, this, this is the funniest damn thing ever. It was the thing for Ain't No Sunshine. He was. He did a cover of uh, Ain't No Sunshine, and we were first were like, oh, we're just going to shoot this thing with my camera. Shot it with a Canon 60D, all handheld. Oh, crap. And nice. no crew, nothing. We were just like, it's just going to be a funny video we're going to throw online. We put it all together, and we shoot the thing in Canada, and it's Zach Wilde in a horse mask playing an acoustic guitar um, on some lake in Canada. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and he's playing that, and the whole time, the storyline is of him at a bar and then my girlfriend at the time is in a unicorn mask and then Zach's son Jesse is in a chicken mask and Jesse is flirting with the unicorn and then she doesn't want to have anything to do with the chicken and so the horse Zach comes to rescue um, the unicorn they get in this big giant fight and this is on the top of like some hotel in New York because we were on tour and so we had to shoot in bits <laughs> And um, they like it's basically Zach and his son in this giant like sort of fight, kind of like in Family Guy between you know Peter and the chicken. You yeah. know, this was sort of like the horse and the chicken, just fighting it out. And and um, we had like stunt blow up dolls that we would like cut to to where he would like take the chicken and throw it um, into the air. And um, oh, a really funny Zach story about blow up dolls too. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But um, and so that whole video was out. that whole video was uh, was hilarious, and it did so well. It almost got like two million views. Oh hell and yeah! That was the first video I did for him, and then I did the video for My Dying Time, and it just kind of snowballed from there. But so we did in Sleeping Dolls, we did a reference back to to that one too. Gotcha. To do that, but the uh, the blow up doll. Yes, thing was funny. So this is um, I'm on tour, and he's like, "All right, here's here's like um, here's some money. It's like three four hundred dollars. I need to go and buy every blow up doll you can possibly find within like a one mile radius of this venue they're playing. And what they wanted to do is they wanted to put black label T-shirts on the blow up dolls and throw them out in the audience because <laughs> there's a song that they would always do where they would throw out uh, black label beach balls, yeah, and they would just throw them out into the crowd. And oh, people cool. Would do that, yeah. This one, they wanted to add an element to it and add and throw out very good element. <laughs> so we, and so it's the funniest thing ever. I remember being backstage and we just have an air compressor and we're just filling up. And blow up dolls are expensive. Holy shit! Really, like fifty bucks oh my for God. one for one blow up doll. Yeah, that's I ridiculous. Mean, you know, I mean, for fun. That's that's uh that's it was something. And I I remember doing that. I remember taking blow up dolls, but I remember taking one blow up doll and trying to you know, like kick it into the audience. And my foot got stuck in the. I'm trying to think of the polite way to the interesting way to say this. Just go ahead. This it got stuck in the rubber vagina of this <laughs> of this blow up doll. So here I am on stage in front of like thousands of people, just trying to get this rubber blow up doll off my boot, right? And I finally get it off and throw it out into the crowd, and um, 
that was it was embarrassing and it was funny. It was that was that was a lot of fun. That is amazing. But um, but it went over well. So yeah, I remember going and just coming back into the with just boxes of just all sorts of blow up dolls of all shapes, sizes, and ethnicities. I guess and they were just just and the packaging for those things is hilarious. You know, because they it's almost like nobody's going to really believe that what is on the box, like this supermodel looking, you know, woman is on this box of this blow up doll. And then you go, you open it up and it's just, well, it's a blow up doll, you know, it's the weirdest thing ever. And you're just like, do people really like legit buy those? Or is it just more a gag gift? I always wonder that, you know, it's Uh, like, is it, I'm sure both, both actually is. Yeah, man, that's, that's just, uh, I mean, you know, just don't have a if you don't have a rubber allergy, fucking go for it. Yeah, have, have a good time. It's, it's safe. It's totally safe. It is definitely very definitely safe. <laughs> that very one. safe. That's the safest uh, safest you're gonna get right there. I tell you what. But um, anyway, wow, yeah, that this part of the conversation just got really hilarious. <laughs> we just jumped to but blow up dolls. This is gonna be definitely put, like you know, you're just gonna get the mature rating for for YouTube. Putting that, sure. in, putting that in the description for sure. <laughs> it's like you. Let's go put Justin Justin the blow up dolls. Yeah, just, Justin just, just, blow up dolls. Yeah, exactly. Get Listen it. in. <laughs> yeah, Justin, you know, uh, coochie punts a blow up doll. <laughs> Tune in at nine. <laughs> Watch the video. I was trying to find a polite way to say. A polite pet name for a vagina that wasn't derogatory. Uh, is it's just coochie? Is that is that I don't think okay? That's really, I don't find that. Is that offensive? offensive? I don't think so. Would I would I get you know? I don't think coochie. I don't, I don't that? think coochie. Bad. It's not, it's kind of like you know with 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 it's more like a child with term. penis. It's like yeah. wiener. They say wiener or, or you know the dick is kind of uh, that's kind of a no no. Wiener is kind of whatever. So I guess is is it's like coochie the the uh, um. The, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, the I don't know. The PC. The PC way of saying I don't know. Yeah. I don't find it offensive. And if you do, you can unsubscribe to my podcast. Don't do that. He needs those subscribers. <laughs> yes, I do actually need those really bad. <laughs> Anyways, back to it. So through your work, and you can kind of wind this down. Um, sure. I mean, you've probably met a shit ton of people. So do you have any artists that you look up to? I mean, any videographers, photographers that you look up to? Oh, absolutely. Um, this one director named Joe Deb. Okay. Is phenomenal. That guy is just incredible, and um, he uh, does um, just a lot of wild, like graphic heavy stuff. Um, I think one of my favorite videos he did was I think it was Paper Long by Under Oath. Um, oh shit! That one's just a really good video, and you could tell too. Like Joe Deb, a lot of people have sort of mimicked his style. Yeah. it's very popular, sort of in the metalcore and sort of um, like genres of music. You'll see. His style of filming uh, is 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 uh, duplicated a lot. Um, he's done work for Deftones and things like that. Really good director, and then uh, a lot of filmmakers who um, like uh, just directors in general that I just love to uh, uh, follow um, as well. So there, there's a huge list of, of people, and and there's some directors out there. I'm mean, at all types that I love to to watch and, and see them do their work. I'm trying to remember some names offhand but but he would be like one of the top for sure yeah. he does like really good work like really 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 good work so that's fucking awesome yeah. and uh, the advice for the up and coming you mentioned being humble forever uh, yeah for yeah long, yeah but like what else would you say um, uh, yeah I mean like definitely know? you know like try uh, just try and do 
I had this problem when I first started out. I was, I was very critical of other people. I'll admit that. Like I was just, I'd get on Facebook and I would just be, I was, you know, when I was very young and first starting out, I was like, but I kind of came to this moment where I was like, this is not doing me any good. Um, and I, it's better to focus on your craft and just focus on making yourself do the best that you can. Focus yeah. on you and trying to do the best work that you can. Don't worry so much about what anybody else is doing. Yes. Just try and do the best job that you can and, and soak in life. Soak in the things around you. I think what makes good filmmakers is being um, perceptive of what is going on around you. Very, keep very keep your eyes open and listen. Um, listen to stories. Listen to people talk. Uh, pay attention to how people act. Yes. Um, just be uh, open. You know, just sort of let the world sort of you know absorb you know into you and see. And that's and you get all sorts of cool ideas. And give yourself time to relax as well. Give yourself oh, yes. time to to sort of you know turn off the analytical brain and let sort of the subconscious part of your mind just kind of wander. And then you know. Try and read as much as you can. Try and research oh, yes. online. Very true. Um, and uh, try to try to watch movies and video yeah. and and uh, but yeah, I would say that's the biggest part of it all. And don't um, don't spend so much time being a critic of other people's work. You know, if you Thank if you if you're going to yes. be critical, be critical of your own work. Right. Um, because um, but don't be so don't constantly be ragging on somebody else uh, because. That's just time and energy that you could be using towards For you, work. but you're just wasting it. Yep, going out there and just being, you know, being a jerk to somebody else, and that's not, not going to do anything for you. It's just yeah. wasting your time. We all have a very limited amount of time on this planet. Why do you want to waste it being an asshole being to somebody else? Say being a dick. Yeah, yeah. Don't be a dick. <laughs> but um, I think uh, that's that would be my advice. And everybody's path is different too. I think yep. it's like, this is very cheesy. And it's like something you probably would see, you know, in Target on like one of those little really <laughs> shitty graphic design things you pick up in the, in the store or something. But it, but it, but it's, it's true. It's like, don't judge, like don't judge your chapter two on someone's chapter 11, you know? Very so, good. That's, um, nice. that's good. So, uh, everybody is on a different path and everybody is in different, you know, parts in their life. And, yeah. um, so yeah, just don't, uh, don't do that. Um, just you do you. Yes. You know? so. Do your shit. You know, don't worry about <laughs> anyone else. That's what you need to do. Um, and and be open to maybe changes in your career. That's what I was. I mean, I was doing web design, graphic design, photography, and then film it. came later, like doing video and stuff, and that's like been awesome. Like that was so much fun. Yeah. And it's been a great uh, thing, and it's allowed me to to meet a lot of cool people and do a lot of cool things. And um. I, uh, if I had been like, no, I need to do graphic design. I don't need to do this film stuff. You know, I would be missing out on that. So, um, try and yeah, just try and keep an open mind to other possibilities where you can still be creative, but maybe in a way you didn't think of, and yeah. then you'll end up loving what that was. That's true. So that's, uh, I think that was what, what I would say to people. Yo, that's amazing. I'm glad you came. Cool. Awesome. awesome. Seriously, I've learned so much, and this has been a, such a great interview, and the <laughs> stories have been crazy, and hopefully the guys listen to this. Um, but where can we find you on Instagram and your website and all that? What's that? Yeah, Instagram is just at Justin Reich. Okay. Justin, R-E-I-C-H. And then um, Facebook is uh, the Reich stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I could, Justin Reich was, was taken. I mean, here's the thing. There's a guy who is a teacher 
he's like a really well-known professor or somebody in like Massachusetts or up north, and he um, he has the same name as I do. And for a while, there was a bachelor on the Bachelorette named Justin Reich, and I kept getting oh, no all shit. These, yeah, I kept getting all these weird tags. Like, at Justin Wright, this bachelor, I was like, I was looking on my Instagram, I was like, what the fuck is this, like, a joke? (laughs) And and this is the first, like, no, there's a Justin Wright on The Bachelorette. And I was like, that motherfucker. Same spelling and everything? (laughs) Yeah, same spelling and everything. Yeah, he didn't, I don't think he made it. Fuck him. Nah, he he seemed like a, he seemed like a cool, you know, dude. Don't fuck him, he's he's nice. But he, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to leave that open-ended. But there's, um, obviously my website justinreich.com and then there's uh, so yeah Instagram Facebook, Facebook all that good stuff is all, on there so major ones. and uh, I don't tweet sorry I just that's the one I and I rarely Snapchat I just sometimes so kind of do something I have this one thing I do with a friend of mine where I if you ever do go on my Snapchat I take yakety sacks and I play it on my phone and then I just do video of him. You know what Yakety Sacks is? I don't know. I don't think I do. Okay, I'm just I'm going to go through and and do this real quick with you. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah, I want I want to be a part of this because it's Yakety Sacks. Uh, it's pretty hilarious. He hates it too. His name's Gary, and he Gary. And every time I do it to him, he's just like, dude, All right, why, why you? Yo, doing shout this out to, to Gary. Him? Yeah, shout out for to Gary. dealing with Justin and his Yakety Sack. <laughs> yakety Sack. Yeah. No. Hold on. Wait. 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 People watching, like, why? What is going on here? So to be part of but it's uh, shit. Oh wait, there it is. Okay, so you go here, and then you'll recognize it too when I play it. So that's it. That's uh that's how that goes. Dude. So I'll let that play. I was just a part of Justin's Yakity Sack. I, I think that's the first time anybody's filmed you. Uh, yeah, uh, that was very true. But... Oh. <laughs> this should be our the ending thing to this podcast. Yeah, I think it's done. <laughs> but yes. Wait, that's a good good place to end it. Yes. But yes, please. (laughs) Thank you, Justin, for coming. Absolutely. It's rainy. It sucks. Yes, it's Um, gross. But if you do enjoy these podcasts and videos, whether you're on YouTube or the podcast app, please subscribe. Please review it. Give me some golden stars. So people will, I don't know, think we're cool and worth listening to and watching. Um, But yeah, that's it. Excellent. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. It was fun. Cool. Let's go. Cool.